fantasy in the house, yo. Let me tell you how we do things around here. Here, get to the top. Older than fantasy, please say what's wrong. Fantasy tactics, tips have to be hard. Listen to the boss, you'll be winning a lot. Not losing, just cruising. So kick off the balls and let's get choosing. The ultimate fantasy podcast. And it's live. It's got goals and saves and handballs and shots. It's got dodgy decisions, recoveries and blocks. It's got clean sheets, key passes, assists and interceptions. It's got the checking of phones at misjudged wedding receptions. It's got ups and downs and downs and ups. It's got pies and bovril and lager tops. It's got the shouty ultra who jiggles their belly. It's got the erudite speaker who thinks they're on telly. It's got you and me and us and them. It's got funny songs and angry phlegm. It is laughter, it is pain. It is the difference in your mood. It's the bubble in your beer, it's the ketchup on your food. It is far, it is far, it is far from perfect. But football is drama, and drama is always worth it. And you know what else is always worth it? That's right, it's the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. Hello, yes, the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy. I'm your host, Alfie, football enthusiast, draft fantasy champion, commissioner, and a man who waited in McDonald's for the clock to change to 10.30 just so he could order a Big Mac meal. That's me, but with me in the studio is beer expert, the man with the beard and the stats, all five foot six of him. <laughs> it's Nathan Taylor. Hello, Nathan. Good morning, Alfie. <laughs> little jokey joke. Uh, and also lurking in the prominent background like an illegal minicab driver is the horrifically disfigured secret journalist... The Secret Journalist. Hi, Phil. Hi, Alfie. <laughs> we're uh, we're still doing high, are we? Mm. Well, what would you what would you like to go with? Well, no, I, I, I just thought you might you've been burnt a little bit last last week when we talked about. Well, I high. might change it to hello later on in the season. That's how we get on. But Phil, is it true that you recently qualified for a journalistic access all areas ID card? <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, I think I always qualify. But this is the first time I've ever actually been trusted to have one. And does it go? Does it go in a lanyard, or do you just carry it in your wallet or purse? No, I mean, I, it is currently just being carried in my wallet. But I think I could, I could like kind of stick it in a lanyard and and just walk around with it at all times. And, Very much a kind of, <laughs> you know, don't you know who I am type. Thing. But what does it? Where can you go with it? Well, <laughs> I mean, essentially, as long as I <laughs> this is the Sabbath, as long as I phone ahead beforehand. In theory, I should be able to get into every Premier League ground to to subsequently then report on it. I don't think I can just walk in on the off chance <laughs> that I just want to get football. I, I do have to be there in a professional capacity. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's that kind of deal. Mm. Mm. Well, talking about uh, professional capacity, let's talk about what's coming up on today's show. Part one, we've got the full Game Week 2 review with a look at FPL draft and fan tracks. Part two, the secret journalists. Hi. We'll be answering your questions on the treatment table. Tommy Gunn will be dropping by to talk accumulators and some all-round nonsense. Part three, we'll look ahead to game week three with some insight from FPL content creator, FPL Nymphra, which will lead nicely onto the three of us debating properly this time who should be picked for our podcast FPL team. We want Sterling. And part four, we'll have the answer to our quiz question, the clean sheet forecast, and Nathan here will be recommending a beer. That's why you tune in. Apparently so. Uh, let's talk about the game week. Um, some absolutely, and yes, uh, I'm going to use this word, cracking goals this weekend, Phil. Uh, you had Pookie's volley, 
Douglas Louise, Mane's goal, Lamella, and of course that beautiful Ruben Neves thing, which was so meaty, so meaty you could slam it between two chunks of bread and eat it. Yes, yeah, they were, they were all, but I mean, I'm particularly pleased with Neves because he's in my team. <laughs> so, I mean that 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 was a that was an especially you know as you say a meaty girl. It's amazing how partisan one becomes with fantasy football, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, I've got no other loyalty to the Premier League team, so um, so yeah, I, I, that, this is all I've got. Okay, fine, fair enough. All right, so before we begin our game week two roundup, I have a quiz question for you guys that you can think on for the whole episode. Uh, Pogba missed another penalty for United on Monday. That's his fourth miss in 11 months in the Premier League. But who has missed the most penalties in Premier League history and how many? Hmm? For those listeners, uh, they've got thinking faces going on right now. So, hey, let's do the Game Week 2 roundup. It's Far City Blues as the second half coming of Jesus is not enough to brush aside a dogged Spurs. The Canaries fly high, team mooing with pride as they put their little beaks to the Magpies, who from this evidence will be lucky to pick up anything on their travels. Sheffield United pick up their first win with an iron-like display against the hibernating Eagles, whilst the high-flying Seagulls had their wings momentarily clipped by the Hammers. Arsenal were always going to beat Burnley 2-1. Frank Lampard's Frank Lampard's Chelsea didn't have enough to get past Leicester's Leicester. Everton keep another clean sheet, Liverpool don't keep a clean sheet, Pogba proves that United bubble was never far from bursting as an inspired Wolves rescue point at Molyneux. And despite a worldie from Costa, Aston were all a little too vanilla as they had their pockets picked by the cherries. Two clean sheets this week. Yes, just two. That's Everton and Sheffield United. The assist kings were Ceballos, Cantwell and KDB with two each. Assisting defenders, only the one. It's Luca Dean. Gold kings was Pookie, of course, with three. You might have heard about that this week. Goal scoring defenders were Lundstram, just him. Penalty misses was that Pogba fella. Uh, there was no own goals and there was no red cards. This week's top performing players across FPL and Draft is Timu Puki, Lundstram and Sergio Mane. And for fan tracks, it's Timu Puki, KDB and Sadio Mane. Some stats for you guys then. Raheem Sterling has scored in four consecutive club appearances in all competitions for the first time in his professional career. Another stat, Watford boss Javi Gracia has lost six consecutive matches in all competitions for the first time in his career as manager. And another one, Sadio Mane won more tackles versus Southampton than any other Liverpool player. Notable players this week. Uh, so the top performing players in full, FPL and draft, uh, the goalkeepers Henderson, Patricia, Pickford, defenders Lundstrom, Dina, and Mina slash Stevens, midfield Mane, Lamina, Sebeos slash Bernard slash KDB, and forwards Puki, Lacazette, Hernandez, Firmino. Nath, what about fan tracks? On fan tracks, slightly different. Henderson was the top performing goalkeeper, uh, followed by Pope and Hugo Lloris. In defence, it was Luca Dean, Lundstram, and El Mohamedy. Not sure how they worked that out. Mm. Midfield, KDB, obviously. Bernard, Ceballos and Cantwell. Up front, looking at Puki, Mane and Callum Wilson. Mm, some slight changes there, isn't there? Especially with the KDB thing going on. Um, noble players. Martial, two goals in two games. Now, Mason Mount, top performing player for Chelsea so far. Busy player, likes to tackle. Of course, gets a lot of shots on goals, scoring at the weekend. Six million FPL. 
In Dombele, they did pretty well. One goal and one assist in two games. Phil, notable players for you? Yeah, I mean, I, Marshall's an interesting one um, in that he is now playing sort of centre-forward for Manchester United, which has not always been the case in, in sort of recent recent seasons. He's been kind of shunted out wide a little bit, but... Um, but no, he's playing through the middle, and as you said, scored he scored two and two, so he's he's looking the part. I think he's definitely worth getting stuck into. Uh, you mentioned one, you mentioned one Norwich player there, like in Campwell, uh, who's probably done better than I think a lot of people expected. Yeah. Him to. Mm. But, yeah. but um, I mean, the other one that, that him and Wendia both create a lot of chances. They're, they're both like you know active and very creative players in the middle. So so either him or Wendia are both both worth having a look at, mm. especially if they play Newcastle every week. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nathan? Yeah, a player that we mentioned last week, actually, John Lundstrom, um, who is listed as a defender in the game but plays in midfield, picked up 14 points. His price has moved from 4 million to 4.1 million, but I assume there's going to be a lot of movement on him going into people's teams. Um, Todd Cantwell, as mentioned previously, 10 points for him, still at a £4.5 million price. Generally plays as a winger as a number 10, so very forward player and you, you can see him playing in most Norwich games as well so good cheap option and the other player I expect to move bigly this week is Sibelios 11 points and still a 5.6 million price tag bye 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 B-U-Y you meant then B-U-Y okay and obviously Pookie who uh who uh, Phil you famously slammed in the <laughs> preview shows but then last week changed your mind Demanded we bring him into the team, and he scored a hat trick for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I totally recant on on any of my previous slamming of Pookie. No, I, I did. I was unsure about whether he'd be able to to make the step up. Um, I, I'm still, I'm still not sure. I mean, okay, granted, you can never take away anything from someone scoring a hat trick, but he was essentially playing against a championship side or a championship side soon to be. I would expect. Mm. Um, but that's to take nothing away from him. I, I was wondering whether he'd be able to cut it or not. He's got four into a fair play to him. <laughs> first ever player in the Premier League era to get four goals in his first two games. Mm, I'm always dubious about those stats because I was. It's like Arsenal. First time Arsenal won two games, isn't it, or something? Two opening games, but the teams they've played, you should expect them to win. So it's not really okay. So the official FPL. Dream Team 11. We've got Henderson in goal. Lundstram. Dean. Not Dean, yeah. Stevens. Uh, Mane, Sabeos, Lamella, Bernard and KDB. And then up top, Puki and Chikorito, of course. Um, right. Let's talk about our FPL pod team results. We uh, we got 50 points, which is fewer than last week, but above average, which was 41. The, the highest, of course, being 119. Don't ask. Uh, we traded Puki in got 17 points uh, and he was the highest tally for any player so we did really well actually mm. um, and now we've been massively <laughs> propelled to the top our ranking now is 3,097,901 uh, we kind of missed out on Lundstram mm. who Nathan recommended last week 14 points uh, we of course be discussing our changes we're going to do for game week 3 in part 3 um, the highest scoring FPL manager for game week two. Congratulations, Mahub. I'm not going to get this right. Um, am I? Mahmoud Abzara. Mahmoud Abzara. Oh, that's much better. 119 points he got. 
Uh, triple captain said Sadio Mane. Uh, he's got the Everton defensive trio or, or core of Pickford, Dean and Coleman. I mean, quite obviously, this guy is an absolute madman, isn't he? <laughs> Let's face it. He also had Pookie and Lundström in his team. Uh, so he obviously, he obviously listens to our podcast. So hi, Mahmoud. Uh, you're welcome, by the way. Um, and now he's rocketed all the way up to 1,355,701. Is that in the playoffs? <laughs> I think it's just about in the playoffs. You're getting all excited, <laughs> Phil, aren't you, with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's gripping. <laughs> and the top FBR manager overall, big up to Mohamed Almanzi, also of Egypt, and Philip Kearney of Oiland, who are joint top with 205 points each. Oh, I mean, Christ. if we learn anything at all, it's that Egypt is obviously where the top FPR talent is. It's going to infuriate the Brexiteers, his, uh, these kind of names. Oh, they're not going to like that, are they? Oh, <laughs> furious. Coming over <laughs> Ian here. Holloway spinning in his... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Coming over here, winning our fantasy league. <laughs> uh, so that's fantasy Premier League. Uh, let's talk about draft fantasy very briefly. Um, of course, I am rock bottom <laughs> at the moment. I lost to you, Nathan. Certainly put me to the uh, sword, didn't you? Yeah, I put you to sword, teach a lesson. Uh, other draft players may have followed my trend by trink- tinkering a little too much and trading out a lot of points. I traded out... I bought Ender Stevens in and I traded him out for Shane Duffy of Brighton, who strangely was the only Brighton defender to come out of that game without any glory. And Dean Henderson who I had in, and then I just got rid of him uh, and put Heaton in. I don't know why. Phil, you had a fantastic points return. However, you lost. You uh, you got indeeded, as it were. Yeah. Yes, indeedy. Um, no, I, yeah, yeah I, I think I did all right. I was I, I relatively so. I, I think I, I kind of got like to look at Moonside. He, he kind of he lent into Ndidi, and obviously he's got like a, a little Everton duo in defence that served him well. Um, I'm just annoyed that I got a reasonably decent total, and I got a goal and assist out well, a rare goal out of Neves, who scored one of his worldies, Beautiful. and it feels feels kind of wasted now. Feels like it could have come in a different week. Yeah, that he's not going to score again for an, a long time. No, I mean he's he's always useful and he'll he'll bring me in canter points and all that kind of stuff, which is partly the reason why I, I got him in there. But yeah, he's 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 wasted his wasted his big goal. Uh, mm. I got I think Van Dyke as well. I'm a bit disappointed because Southampton got a bit of a shitty Adrian assisted goal, mm. um, which cost Van Dyke his clean sheet, which might have just pushed me over the line. Tell me about it, Phil. Tell me about that Liverpool back line. Uh, yeah. Nathan, you didn't have to do too much to beat me. No, it was pretty terrible <laughs> game between <laughs> both of us. Um, I think the highlight was actually afterwards coming together for a double trade to essentially make both our squads slightly stronger in areas where we're severely lacking. We did, didn't we? Um, we traded... Who we trade? We traded Raul Jimenez and um, Go- uh, Joe Gomez mm-hmm. um, from your team into mine. And you got Ricardo Pereira... It was very sad to see go, and uh, Patrick Catroni. Yeah, basically, I traded you Gomez and uh, and Jimenez for Ricardo. That's all I wanted. Exactly. Catroni's yeah. just—I was just sent him out to get some sandwiches. I'm not interested in him having the squad, but you know, I'll keep him because he's got a name that sounds kind of cool, and that's what it's about. Uh, the next game week, so game week head-to-head fixtures in our league. Phil, you've got manners. Yeah. Um, who 
but no one needs to know who he is. And uh, <laughs> but he does have Salah, so basically you're just it's you against Salah. Yeah, and and you know in, to true to form, he did absolutely nothing last week, and so now he's going to have a good week, isn't he? and and it's yeah. going to come against me. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe never as a score again, Nathan. You're up against the form, another former champion, uh, this time in the shape of Dow. Yep, so even more reason for him to be in my inbox every 10 minutes with ridiculous offers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute pest. It is, it is a form of abuse, but um, <laughs> it's part of the game, isn't it? Okay, so things we learned from game week two. The things we learned from game week two. I'll tell you what I learned, actually. I was thinking Newcastle might do it right, but the size of Newcastle are not really good, are they? Listically, they should be going to Norwich, remain solid, hard to beat. Um, they have that drilled in them uh, from uh, the Benitez era, but the fact that they weren't would suggest a few at- attitude problems, Phil? Oh, I, I don't know about attitude problems. I, I just think the club's been been sort of undermined to such a long degree that there's no, there's no confidence amongst anybody at that football club at all. Um, you know, they've brought a manager in who feels like a, just a sort of cut price. Oh, well, let's just get someone in who might be able to do a half-decent job after Benitez when the, the players have just, you know, kind of lived under this shroud of, of discontent and unhappiness from the fans for a long time. And it's all really stems back to Ashley and the way that he runs the club. I mean, there were protests against him um, the first weekend. They've obviously gone and got absolutely turned over second weekend. And it just it, I don't think it's necessarily an attitude thing. I just think that the club's been allowed to fall into absolute rack and ruin. Mm. But it does obviously mean those clean sheets uh, bonuses won't be there this season for Newcastle. People that like that. Mm. No, I mean, because the one thing you say about Benitez over Bruce is that with limited resources, Benitez is still able to send outside to, to get some kind of result and, and can maximise the, the ability of the players that he does have. Um, what Newcastle have done is appoint a lesser manager and given him less resources. And he's, I just, I don't think, I don't think there's anything there to be positive about. Mm. Well, Jolington played and he missed quite a good chance. I looked at him as, I looked at him as a player and I thought he'll be playing at Palace in a year or so. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look good enough. No, they've spent, no. they've spent loads. I mean, look, play, players come to the Premier League, and it often takes some time to adapt and get and get used to the to the to the way the Premier League is in contrast to, to other divisions. You know, he's he obviously did reasonably well at the Bundesliga to to justify them paying forty million for him, but it doesn't look like the kind of player that that Newcastle need right now, which is someone who can hit the ground running. He had the most unsuccessful touches of any player in the league this weekend as well. So most um, bad touches, bad touches. That sounds like a lawsuit, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. <laughs> or a really good band name. <laughs> uh, Nath, what have you learnt uh, from this game week? I've learnt that Everton continue to look like a solid investment for clean sheets. So two so far this season. And the player that I've been looking at at the moment, other than the pretty obvious Luca Dean, is Yerry Miner. Um, on Saturday, Everton kept their 16th clean sheet since the start of last season. Only Liverpool and Manchester City can boast a better record than that. Miner's still 5.5 million. Um, he's got 16 points so far. And they've got a nice run of games. They've got Villa, Wolves and Bournemouth in their next three. Mm. People... It's, the, uh, it's the home games you really want to tap into with them. I don't think they've mm. conceded at home since February. Yeah. Well, fortress that is, isn't it? Um, I'll tell you what I've learned this weekend. 
Uh, Max Ahrens is 12 years old. And there's a good selection of German managers now in the Premier League. You've got Klopp, you've got Farker, who has a really funny voice. Uh, and uh, Ralph Hussenhultl, in his post-match interview, described their decision to go long ball as vertical play. Mm. I thought that was wonderful. Isn't he Austrian? Oh, yeah. He is, isn't he? Austrian, German. It's all the same, right? <laughs> Austro, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> all right so that's the end of that that's the end of part one uh in part two don't go anywhere because we've got tommy gunn the deluded one and we've also got the treatment table where the secret journalist here will be answering your questions Welcome to part two. Uh, it's lovely to be here, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to speak now, well, I spoke earlier, to Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. Let's, let's hear how that went. Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. How are we, Tommy G? Alfie, how's it going, mate? Uh, I'm going well. Uh, how, how have you been? More, more so, how was your game week? How was your game week two? Draft Fantasy game week was mixed. I made a bit of an error. I left Tobias on the bench after picking him up. I kind of thought, I kind of thought, who's going to start? I thought Pepe would start, actually. And I thought, who would have more impact? Tobias um, got two assists, which is that kind of like, when is an assist an assist? And when is an assist not an assist? Anyway. I, I drew, yeah, I got a point. Uh, we drew 40-40 with, um, with, with uh, Isherwood in our league. Um, juice, some might say. <laughs> Should have really gone to uh, an advantage. But, you know, there we are. Uh, that was that. I got a point. I left Sabayas on the bench. He scored 11 points. That would have been the, uh, the, the, the game changer. But there you go. I shall definitely start him against Liverpool. I don't think Pepe will start against Liverpool. I think Sabayas will. Pepe will come on in the second half when we need to score four. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that'll be that. <laughs> and how did you get on with your, um, your accumulator? Oh, yeah, yeah. Accumulator was undone by VAR. Ooh, oh, because you had Man City win. I had Man City. I had home win against Spurs. Um, I then cashed... Uh, second Spurs goal, I then cashed out. I, had, I was on 55 quid. And then the second Spurs goal went in with about 20 minutes to go. And I, then I cashed out that 10 minutes to go. And it had reduced to 11 quid. And then I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to cash out now because I couldn't see a late goal. Then the late goal came in. Uh, but then it was VAR'd out. So actually, I wasn't really... VAR saved me from like throwing <laughs> my phone at the wall, actually. Um, smashing the gaff up. So, so, so um, that was a, a fiver down, 11 pound back? No, a pound. Oh, mate. A quid. Made a, quid. a tenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, all in all, it was pretty good. You know, VAR is what it is. There's quite a lot of talk at the moment, isn't there, about spicing it up, making it more exciting. I think we need music, a bit like the National Lottery. <laughs> you know, like, da, 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 sort of underneath while the decision's being made. Yeah, maybe you should bring you know out one I mean? of the machines to make the decision as well, like Guinevere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like at Wembley, when... Um, at the beginning when there's sort of the teams coming out, there's loads of music and loads of whooshing. Like Sky Sports love whooshing, all those sort of noise, yeah. all that sort of stuff. It needs that going on. 
Yeah. <laughs> Andre Mariner is on the pitch, all that sort of stuff. Who wouldn't be up for that? Let's face it. Um, so uh, we've got to go now. But so good luck with your game week, Tommy Gunn, and good luck watching Arsenal. You're not going to watch it, are you? I'm probably going to stay away from the uh, the big screen. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. And good luck with your accumulator, whatever you lay down. Tell us all okay. about it soon. Thank you very much. Thank Cheers. You, thank you very much, Tommy Gunn. All right, mate. Over and out. So that was uh, Tommy Gunn, the deluded one, delightful as ever. Um, that's guys. That's talking about Sabeos uh, after Ray Parlan and, and Mkhitaryan. Sabeos is their third Arsenal player to register two assists on his first Premier League start for the Gooners. Although one of them wasn't really an assist, was it? Nathan, you liked Sabeos, didn't you? Like him a lot. Yeah, looked like he had a bit of everything really. Um, he had the most touches of any Arsenal player against Burnley, 97 uh, touches there. Free key passes and 90% passing accuracy. But I also just like the way he was constantly involved, looking for the ball, driving forward. Yeah, he looks a very good player. But I most enjoyed Tommy Gunn leaving him out of his team this week. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He, did. <laughs> he, did. he left him on the bench. <laughs> the ultimate Arsenal fan, leaving him on the bench. Uh, Phil, you like a bit of Danny. Yeah, I think he's a good player. I think he's good, but he's never he's never really been given the kind of I mean, and as as a lot of these kind of players who tend to be at clubs like Real Madrid. Unless you're a superstar, you don't get the run of games that maybe you deserve for the talent that you have. Um, and he he never really had a, a proper full run at, at a La Liga season with with Real Madrid. Um, but he's he's always looked useful whenever he has. He's interestingly he's not he's not got a huge track record of of assists. Like he's he's not it's not like I mean again this might be down to the inconsistency of how much playing time he's had. I mean he scored a spattering of goals, not many, but a spattering of goals during his time. But but yeah, so two assists in two games is is kind of a, a massive a massive step up for him. But if yeah, if he carries on doing that, then he's he's definitely worth piling into. Mm, could just be the Luke Nightingale factor, Nath. Yeah, that's not a hugely contemporary or wide ranging reference, but yeah. No, but it's relevant. <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, to finish on Sabeos, he now has just one fewer assist than Meza Erzl managed in the entirety of the 2018-2019 season. But then again, so have I. Let's move on now. It's time for the treatment table. And with it, the treatment table jingle. On. Treatment table. Yes, uh, the secret journalist is here to answer your questions, and your question comes from one person called at Big Kev Noseface One, who Phil wants to know who is Bournemouth's goalkeeper Ramsdale? Who is this fella? And is Harry Wilson the new David Brooks? <laughs> okay. Well, to turn the, the first one. Um, like most people, I don't really know uh, who Ramsdale is. I, I mean, I, I saw that they've obviously played for Bournemouth these first two games, but I think, like most people, are a bit surprised that he's getting like, the kind of first choice goalkeeping shirt for them. Um, looking at his kind of his, his history of it, I mean, he's played a lot of England representative stuff, so he's obviously got talent and he's obviously got ability. Um, he spent last season at AFC Wimbledon. He was on loan, and he was he won their Young Player of the Season. So it suggests that he's got all of the all of the pedigree to step up. But it's a big call for him to chuck him in um, mm. over over some of the other. I mean, they've got a lot. Of, they've got like a few experienced goalkeepers, like Begovic and Boric, have both 
got experience. You know, they're both good goalkeepers. So for them to, for Eddie Howe to have made that choice and gone with Ramsdale, he must have something about him. And Wilson being the new David Brooks. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, they obviously brought they obviously brought Wilson in um, bec- with with the view to the fact that Brooks was injured. So th- he is that player that they've obviously identified as someone who can who can replace him. I mean, it, it's, he's got a dilemma in his hands when Brooks does come back because Brooks obviously showed a lot of talent last season. But uh, Wilson, as I mean, even in the brief time that he's been at Bournemouth already, I mean, he's he's scored once, and and which is only in line with the kind of ability that he's shown in every every club he's played for so far he's always scored goals and he's always made goals uh, granted not always necessarily at Premier League level you know he's he's done it in, in Premier League 2 with Liverpool and, and created goals and scored them uh, last season he was brilliant for Derby when they were you know, getting them to the playoff finally played most of the season for him scored 15 goals and, and assisted 3 um, whether he's the, I don't think you can necessarily say that they're like for like as as players, because I think Brooks is more akin to that kind of a, a direct running, dribbling winger, whereas Wilson, I think, is um, is a bit more of a sort of football considered playmaker. Um, but but yeah, certainly for the next you know two or three months while Brooks is out, it looks like Wilson's going to get that shirt and a similar points return. You think? Uh, potentially, I mean, if if track records anything to go by, and you look at what Brooks delivered for Sheffield United before he stepped up. And you look at what Wilson delivered for Derby before stepping up. In theory, you might get more points out of Wilson than you would from Brooks. Mm, that is exciting, isn't it? There you go. I hope that answered your question at Big Kevin Knows Face One. There you go. We've learned a lot. Thank you, Phil, for that. Um, and if you, the listener, want to contact Phil and ask him a question as erudite as that one, uh, you can contact us at Ultimate F Pod. Say anything you want. It's nice. And that's the end of part two, but don't go anywhere again, because in part three, we have the upcoming game week fixtures. We'll be hearing from content creator FPL Nymphra, and we'll also be picking our FPL team. See you in a second. This is Ground Control to Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. Jump, they say jump. David, can you get my shoes for me? Thank you. Welcome to part three. Let's have a look at the... Game week three fixtures. Aston Villa at home to Everton on Friday for Friday Night Football, the 23rd of August. Saturday, we have Norwich against Chelsea on the early kickoff. Then we have Brighton against Southampton. Man United against Crystal Palace. Sheffield United against Leicester. Watford against West Ham. And Liverpool against Arsenal is the 5.30 kickoff. On Sunday, we have Bournemouth against Man City. Tottenham against Newcastle. And Wolves against Burnley. Hmm, some interesting fixtures there. Phil, will Arsenal generally offer a challenge to Liverpool this game week? Uh, I'm, I doubt it. Mm. I doubt it. I think, I think Liverpool should win that. And, and I'm not, not necessarily saying it would be comfortable because I think I was only talking to someone about it this week with Arsenal. They're a very interesting side in the sense that they, they seem to be almost like uh, Aubameyang is a very emblematic player for them in that they appear to be kind of struggling in games, but then Aubameyang can do something and score a goal. And in the same way that as a player in, in himself, he, he can do nothing for, you know, 80 minutes and then suddenly scored twice and you've won the game. Um, so you can't totally discount Arsenal and say that they're, they're, they're not going to provide any kind of challenge whatsoever. But I just think Liverpool are too strong for them. Mm. I mean, last time they played this Premier League fixture back at the tail end of December... Uh, Liverpool spanked Arsenal 5-1. 
I, th- I think I think Arsenal are better than that. I think I think they've, you know, they've, they've had time now um, to, to to kind of develop into the side that that Emery wants them to be, or at least get a little bit closer to the side they wants them to be. Uh, I think they'll be a little bit tougher than that, but uh, I still don't think they'll win. Mm. Nathan Spurs Newcastle. Yeah, that's the one that catches my eye from a fantasy point of view. Newcastle, as Phil and I have both discussed, look truly terrible this season. I think Bruce called them in on their day off for extra training, so signs of a club in. <laughs> I mean, already, yeah. second, second game in, extra training already. That is... I would have thought extra training under Bruce would probably make them worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice, mate, nice. Um, Spurs have got Hyun Son back from suspension, finally. Um, he is a big price though in FPL. He's nine and a half million, so um, maybe not the huge value there. But in Dombele started with, as Alfie mentioned earlier, a goal and assist in his first two games. Fourteen points so far. Six point one million. So his price is starting to move up. So he's one to maybe look at early. What I like about him is his first thought is to go forward with the ball, um, either hmm. drive and run or a pass as well. That pass to Lamella for the goal actually forced Lamella to kind of attack the goal rather than maybe some of the other Spurs players like Winks, who's a good player, but tends to go sideways with his passing and keep it mm. safe. That's what I really like about Ndombele. So I can see him getting some key passes and assists. And the other one in there is Sissoko, 5 million. He's played 90 minutes in both games so far. He's got an assist and he's got 10 points as well. So they're the players that I would be looking at. Okay, okay. Uh, that's whilst we're talking about Next week and FPL. Let's listen now to our FPL content creator, FPL Nymphra. First up, the goalkeepers, and shockingly the most transferred out keepers so far this game week, besides those still shifting Alisson on, is Edison. Edison has been moved on by over 47,000 of you already. The shift seems to be towards cheaper goalkeepers such as Pope, Ryan and Pickford, presumably to free up some cash and move it further forward off the back of City losing their clean sheet at home to Spurs. The main defenders making way this week are unsurprisingly the Liverpool duo Robertson and Alexandra Arnold. Rubbo has been sold by over 134,000 people and Trent has lost the confidence of over 78,000 of you. Again, form seems to be pushing this and the fact that selling these 7 mil defenders frees up a lot of funds for FPL managers, especially as the main shifts are to cheaper defenders with Wambasaka and Lundstrom being the main targets. In midfield is where we can see the most shifts this game week. FPL managers have have had enough of the likes of Fraser, Perez, Sigurdsson and Bernardo Silva and are looking to players such as KDB, Martial, Sebalos and Mane to help aid their teams. Up front there's only one name on everyone's lips this week and it's Timu Puki. Following his hat-trick against Newcastle over 588,000 of you at the time of recording this have transferred him in. Puki has risen 0.2 since the start of the season and he doesn't show any signs of slowing down in the transfer market. It looks as if FPL managers feel they have found their next Jimenez and they are jumping on board the Pookie party at the expense of players such as Wilson and King. Elsewhere, Rashford is also seeing some love from FPL managers this game week and Kane managers seem to be preferring Aubameyang over Sir Harold despite his tasty home fixture against Newcastle. (laughs) 
Some uh, great stuff there from FPL Nymphra. Of course, if you do want to check out more of her videos, do check out her YouTube page and her Twitter page, which you can find the link for in our blurb on our episode description. Okay, well, now we're going to pick our FPL team, our pod FPL team, the ultimate fantasy podcast team. Uh, last week, we sort of just uh, we panic bought, but panic bought well by getting Pookie in. Uh, I think we've all decided our long-term strategy is to get Sterling. We have to trade down every time until we have enough cash to snag Raheem. Operation Sterling. Yeah, I, well, we need to get him, don't we? Because some fool left him out of our original team. Yeah, obviously, I'm going to have a word with the production team about that. Mm. That is disgusting. Okay, so first of all, we need to decide who to get rid of. Um my call, we've got Bernardo Silva in there, stinking up the place, losing points. Nathan? Uh, the ones that I'm looking at at the moment is, as we've started dubbing them on the group, Leaky Liverpool, we've got two £7 million Liverpool defenders in there at the moment, Robertson and Trent. So it might be worthwhile maybe looking at downgrading there and getting some cash back from the defence. Mm, I'm not too convinced. I think it's worth keeping them in because... Uh, that it's a long. We've only two game weeks in. Yep, they're big players. Phil, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I, I'm staunchly behind Robertson and and yeah. Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> they are our withered spine, but it's a spine nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you can you can bemoan like Liverpool's ability to occasionally let in the odd goal, but those two provide more going forward as well than most fullbacks do. Most midfielders do actually. Yeah, That's... well, yeah. All right, then, uh, who would be your choice to uh, sub out then, Phil? Um, I, I, think, I think Bernardo Silva will come good long run. I think we, I think we should hold on to him. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I think maybe Zaha might be the one to, to go. Mm. I'm not sure his head's in it. Mm. Mm. And they don't look good, do they, Palace? So, okay, they look bad last week, yeah. What's he at at the moment, Nate? Seven? Seven million. He's only got three points so far this season, and they've got in the next three games, Palace, they've got United and Spurs. Okay, so that's... Well, I'm outvoted. Let's do Zaha then. So now to look at players we, we could trade in. Uh, the first option that springs to mind could be Cantwell, Norwich, four and a half million to assist this week, uh, Nathan, as you mentioned. Or the other one, the one that the glaring one... Phil, I think you know who I'm talking about. Who's that? Yeah, um, I think I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pile all in on on your boy from Arsenal. Yes, yeah, Abayosh, five and five and a half. Well, five point six million now, Nath, right? Yeah, five point six million. His price has started to rise, but that will free up one point four million. Plus, we made some money last week on trading Moise Kane in for Timu Piki, so we're starting to get that little pot of money we're going to need for Sterling. Right, is you up for Sabayos as well on the name? Yeah, definitely, 100%. Oh, so it's three, 100%. That's three of us. <laughs> so we're going to, what are we going to trade out Saha and get Sabayos in? Yeah. Oh, that was easy. Phil? Yeah. So you're outvoted um, anyway, so. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I've, looking down the options they've got available to you, I've, I, he's shown, he's shown more for, for the kind of money that we're paying for him than, uh, I'm not sure whether Cantwell can keep it up. Mm, um, yeah. I, uh, that's no comment on him personally. That's more to do with his fantasy football. Um, <laughs> I I don't know about Jao Martinho. I mean, he's he's gonna put, but is he gonna is he gonna create as much mm. you know on a regular basis as you? I think I think the idea is just 
just get loads of players that are cheap who are going to play regularly just so you can get Sterling yeah. in. I think Ma- Mason Mount as well, six million yeah, pounds. Yeah, um, it's yeah. possible as well. But I think Sebaeus looks a better long term. Come on, decision made. Sebaeus, let's get it done. Let's get it done. Yeah. All yeah. right. Okay, the next, the last decision before we move on is who to captain this week. My vote goes for Ricardo Pereira. Oh God! Leicester. Just because you took him up from me. But come on, they're playing. Who they playing? Sheffield United. Yeah, who've looked pretty decent this season. I'd say Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I, I, why, why is Salah off the table? No, no. But we, we're annoyed with him. Oh, right. Your thinking is, I know what you're thinking, Phil. He didn't perform last week, so he's going to perform this week. Uh, yeah, and, and also, I want I need a sweetener for when he destroys me or for her uh, fantasy, <laughs> draft fantasy. I mean, I wasn't sure about Salah, but the fact he didn't perform last week does make me think twice. I, 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 he's he's the kind of player that I could, you can see turning it on against Arsenal and just blowing them away. Just for the sake of me being... I might, I might be wrong. Don't, no, don't, no, no, don't no, no, no. Listen, for the sake of me being able to move this podcast on, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> so there you go, Salah captain. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's the end of that. All right. So, uh, so Bayos in, Salah captain, job done. Another 50 points next week. Uh, that's the end of part three, but don't go anywhere, guys, because in part four, we have the answer to the quiz question that we asked earlier. Yeah, remember that one? Um, we'll also be looking at a few players as well as doing the clean sheet forecasts. Yeah. Welcome to part four. What a lovely time to be on a podcast. Yes, we've got a quiz question for you, lads. And for those listeners at home, I asked, um, who has missed the most penalties in Premier League history and with how many? Who wants to go first? Um, I'm not sure, but I'm going to take a pun at Sergio Aguero. Phil? Missed them all. Um, I'm trying to think. Players that have, that have definitely missed a lot. They didn't... I bet Michael Owens missed a few. He's missed a few. Can we have a clue? Club. He wouldn't make a good manager. He hasn't made a good manager. And he likes players to run around and get stuck in. Heart. You've got to play with heart. Desire. Desire. Oh, that's not a good accent. Steve Bruce didn't take penalties. <laughs> <laughs> You're close, though. You're close. Right part of the country he's from. A Geordie manager. Shearer? Yeah, Shearer. Really? Yeah, sure. Missed the most penalties. Yeah, eleven. Oh wow, eleven. I suppose when you take a lot, you miss a lot. But um, okay, so that's the quiz question. Let's look at players who will perform in game week three. Sterling's xG, by the way, is now two point three six. That's ridiculous. Um, who's going to perform? Redmond, Phil. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he is. Um, he's always likely to be that person that provides something like a spark for Southampton. Just depends. If, I mean, are Brighton going to continue this this really impressive little run of form they've got at the start of the season? They look to be a side that, that want to get on the ball and, and be quite dominant in games. And I would imagine, you know, kind of Southampton coming to town, they'd want to do the same. So are there going to be that many chances for Redmond to, to capitalise on? Hmm. Nathan, you're gonna. I've got a feeling you're gonna go with Everton defenders, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, Yerry Miner and Luca Dean, and there's a counterpoint to Phil's argument. Martin Montoya from Brighton, playing right wing back, four and a half million. I like the look of him. I've got a couple of suggestions for Villa potentially. Mm. Might be uh, might be worth having a look at this season. Mm. I um I think 
I think tre- that Trezeguet, it looks like he might might provide something for Villa. I think El Mahamedi. Yeah. El Mahamedi's a good player. I think he might have a sniff. You know, home game, they're going to want to get on the front foot and get some points on the board. And, I mean, everyone knows that Grealish is a decent player for Villa, but he's, you know, he's quite a creative presence. He just sort of does his work just about around the sort of box, like uh, trying to be a creative force. And they're three players that might potentially mm. do something for Villa. Mm. They're going to win soon, aren't they, Villa? That's for sure. It's going to turn. Okay, the clean sheet forecast then, lads. Don't forget, there was only two last week. This week, I've gone for five. I've gone for Spurs, Chelsea, hmm, Southampton, Leicester, and Wolves. Nathan? Brighton, Man United, Man City, Everton, Spurs. Phil? Uh, I'm going to go Brighton, Man United, Sheffield United and Leicester, uh, Liverpool, Man City, Spurs and Wolves. Exciting game. Oh, hang on, <laughs> yeah. There's only ten fixtures. You know that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for it being the dullest week in Premier League history. <laughs> Great. Look forward to. It. And yeah. on that bombshell, it's almost time to say goodbye. But before we do, Nathan, what beer shall our listeners drink this weekend? I haven't actually thought of one because I wanted to get your... What do you actually want to achieve from this? We just want to have a beer, mate. Stop fancying about it. We want to have a beer. <laughs> Name a good beer. What, what's, the, what's the highest alcohol percentage? Considering how dull this week's going to be, yeah. what's the highest alcohol percentage yes. beer you can possibly find? In that case, then, I'm going to go for a Belgian beer to get through the weekend. Mm. Trappist Rochefort, number 12. It's about 11% ABV. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, it could be a very messy weekend. Uh, that's all the time we've got, ladies and gentlemen. But don't worry, we'll be back the same time next week f- for some more fantasy chat. Many thanks to Nathan. Thank you, Alf. And to the secret journalist. Cheers, Alf. Uh, Tommy Gunn, uh, FPL Nymphra, and to the fantasy football chaps. If you need to, you can contact us at Ultimate F Pod. Uh, enjoy game week three. We'll see you the other side. Bye. <laughs> Let's live.